every week we do a step at the park 9 a.m. meeting. So let's go ahead and pray and I'll catch you up on some of the things we read. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our life over to the care of God as we understood him. Practicing step three is like the opening of a door, which all, to all appearances, is still closed and locked. All we need is the a key and the decision to swing the door open. There is only one key, and it is called willingness. Once unlocked by willingness, the door opens almost of itself, and looking through it, we shall see a pathway besides, which is an inscription it reads, this is the way to a fate that works. In the first two steps, we were engaged in reflection. We saw that we were powerless over our call, but we also perceived that fate of some kind, if only in AA itself, is possible to anyone. Faith of some kind, if only in AA itself, is possible to anyone. These conclusions do not require action. They require only acceptance. Amen. Like all the remaining steps, step three calls for affirmative action. For it is only by action that we can cut away the self-will, which has always blocked the entry of God or if you like, higher power into our lives. Faith, to be sure, is necessary, but faith alone can avail nothing. We can have faith, yet keep out of our God out of our lives. Therefore, our problem now becomes just how and by what specific means shall we be able to let him in. Step three represents our first attempt to do this. In fact, the effectiveness of the whole AA program will rest upon how well and earnestly we have tried to come to a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Understand that the word understood is in the backward sense of past tense. And, you know, I always say, Fernando Alcoholic, that I don't understand him. You know, literally, I don't understand God. All I know is that in my experience in life, is that he wants me to to be good, happy, kind, joyful, forgiving, interesting, uh, laughable at the moment, and don't take an offense. Everyone is forgiven. But notice that the hardest thing I see when a new person comes in is the same thing I had. The ability to accept God or God's love to let it in. And step three, it says it right here. It says, faith to be sure is necessary, but faith alone can avail nothing. We can have faith, yet keep God out of our lives. And to me, that means having faith in that you have faith. That's relying on the, uh, on the AA program. Having faith. And because you're filling my cup up with hope and faith, so I'm returning it back to you. So in essence, that's the way when we were born, we were filled with faith and hope and belief by God and for God. And our parents added love, nurturing, and to the physical realm, and, and God put it in the soul realm. But when we put that faith and shine our, our, our battery our flashlight into people 
<clears throat> objects, idols, and try to put our faith in in a statue, then that's what we're going to get. We're going to get nothing. Everything's going to be depleted. So either we go back to the source, which is the love of God, nature, be replenished in our spirits, in our souls, so that we can have confidence as we move forward and let God easily in. Either we're working toward God or we're slipping back towards self and alcohol or, you know, getting lost in YouTube or not understanding why we should go forward, why should we should open a book and, and look to see how we can better ourselves through words. You know, these words, they all have a sound. When I say one word, they have a sound like effectiveness, effectiveness. If I say it strong enough, loud enough, that word will come out of the pages and live in my heart and effectiveness will be my sole partner. That's the beauty of reading, that the words jump out and they come and they help us. Step three, <clears throat> made a decision for my faith to turn my will, the way I think, feel, and think, my soul, and my carnal lives, my association with others and how I take care of self to the care of God, as I understood him, as I come to believe that he's there in AA and he's operating. So we're two-part right here, soul and body. The body is the animal that has to be disciplined, corrected, instructed, reproofs. He don't like it. And the will, which is the one that wants more information, that, that loves uh, success stories, the will, our soul, our soul can be satisfied and replenished faith, joy, laughter. When our souls turn on us is when we start getting suicidal. Our souls turn on us because we ain't, we aren't replenishing it. We aren't rewarding it. We are exhausting our physical self and our soul self and not taking the time to replenish it through words. We were made by words, we function on words, and we will change our lives with words. That's why the good words in the program give us life, sustain us, and carries us through so that we will mess up in the future, that we are satisfied. Satisfied with our Creator, satisfied with ourselves. Amen. Okay, let me keep reading. Page 35 of the 12 and 12 says, To every worldly and practical-minded beginner, this step looks hard, even impossible. No matter how much one wishes to try, exactly how can he turn his own will and his own life over to the care of whatever God he thinks there is? Fortunately, we who have tried it and with equal misgiving can testify that anyone, anyone at all can begin to do it. We can further add that a beginning, even the smallest, is all that is needed. Once we have placed the key of willingness into the lock and have the door ever so slightly open, we find that we can always open it some more. 
Though self-will may slam it shut again, it is frequently does, it will always respond the moment we again pick up the key of willingness. Maybe this all sounds mysterious and remote, sometimes like Einstein's theory of relativity or a proposition in nuclear physics. It isn't at all. Let's look at how practical it actually is. Every man and woman who has joined AA and intends to stick has, without realizing, made a beginning in step three. Isn't it true that in all matters touching upon alcohol, each of them has decided to turn hers or her will life, excuse me, over to the care, protective, and guidance of Alcoholic Anonymous? Already a willingness has been achieved to care, to cast out one's own will and one's own idea about the alcoholic problem in favor of those suggested by AA. Any willing newcomer feels sure AA is the only safe harbor for the foundering vessel he has become. Now, if this is not turning one's will and life over to a newfound providence, then what is it? But suppose that instinct still cries out, as it certainly does, and will. Yes, respecting alcohol, I guess you have to be dependent upon AA. But in all other matters, I must still maintain my independence. Nothing is going to make me into a... But the moment our mental and emotional independence is in question, how differently we behave, how persistently we claim the right to decide all by ourselves, just what shall we think and just how shall we show act. Oh yes, we'll weigh the pros and cons of every problem. We'll listen to politely those who would advise us, but all the decisions are up to us alone. Nobody is going to meddle with our personal independence in such matters. Besides, we think there is no one we can surely trust. We are certain that our intelligence, backed by willpower, can rightly control our inner lives and guarantee us success in the world we live in. This is brave philosophy, wherein each man plays God, sounds good in the speaking, but it still has to meet the acid test. How well does it actually work? One good look at the mirror ought to be the answer enough for any alcoholic. I think I skipped a page. I need to go back. Let's examine for a moment this idea of dependence at the level of everyday living. In this area, it is startling to discover how dependent we really are and how unconscious of that dependence. Every modern house has electricity wiring carrying power and light to its interior. We are delighted with this dependence. Our main hope is that nothing will ever cut off the flight of current. By so accepting our dependence upon this marvel of science, we find ourselves more independent personally. Not only are we more independent, we are even more comfortable and secure. Power flows just where it is needed. Silently and surely, electricity, that strange energy so few people understand, meet our simplest daily needs and our most desperate ones too. Ask the polio sufferer confined to an iron lung who depends with complete trust upon a motor to keep the breath of life in him. Should this his 
should his own image in the mirror, okay, when I'm going back to the second paragraph, it says, this brave philosophy wherein each man plays God sounds good. And this paragraph, they're talking about how we've been giving faith, love, hope, and we think we can run on that by using the energy and the, and the tranquility we're getting from our own system and not needing God till we crash and burn. You know, we become, like this says right here, we play God. Where this brave philosophy, where each man plays God, and that's where a lot of atheists comes in. You know, they've they're been giving grace, they've been giving power, and it's like a little kid been giving a toy, and then when he runs out of batteries, then he drinks because the battery ran out, and then steals it from others and demands it. When all along, he has to go to the manufacturer and turn it in and say, Uncle, I'm sorry, I try to build my own life on my own self with my own understanding, cutting God off. So what happened? One good look in the mirror ought to answer enough for the alcoholic, where each man plays God. Should his own image in the mirror be too awful to contemplate, and it usually is, he might first take a look at the result normal people are getting from self-sufficiency. Everywhere he sees people people filled with anger and fear, society breaking up into warring fragments. Each fragment says to the others, we are right and you are wrong. Every such pressure group, it is strong enough, self-righteously imposes its will upon the rest. And everywhere the same thing is being done on an individual basis. The sum of all this mighty effort is less peace and less brotherhood than before. The philosophy of self-sufficiency is not paying off. Plainly enough, it is a bone-crushing juggernaut where final achievement is ruined. Therefore, we who are alcoholic and consider ourselves fortunate indeed, each of us have had his own near-fatal encounter with this juggernaut of self-will. And has suffered enough under its weight to be willing to look for something better. So it is by circumstance rather than by any virtue that we have been driven to AA, have admitted defeat, have acquired the rudiments of faith, and now want to make a decision to turn our will and our life over to a higher power. We realize that the word dependence is a distasteful to many psychiatrists and psychologists as it is to alcoholics. Like our professional friends, we too are aware that there are wrong forms of dependence. We have experienced many of them. No adult man or woman, for example, should be in too much emotional dependence upon a parent. They should have been weaned long ago, and if they have not been, they should wake up to the fact. This very form of faulty dependence has caused many a rebellious alcoholic to conclude that dependence of any sort must be intolerably damaging. But dependence upon AA group or upon a higher power hasn't produced any baleful results. When World War II broke out, the spiritual principle had its first major test. AAs entered the services and were scattered all over the world. Would they be able to take discipline, stand up under fire, and endure the monotony of misery or war? 
with the kind of dependence they had learned in AA carry them through? Well, it did. They had even fewer alcoholic lapses or emotional binges than AA's safe at home did. They were just as capable of endurance and valor as any other soldier, whether in Alaska or on a Salerno beachhead, their dependence upon a higher power worked. And far from being a weakness, their dependence was their chief source of strength. So how exactly can the willing person continue to turn his will and, or, and his life over to the higher power? Again, so how exactly can the willing person continue to turn his will and his life over to the higher power? He made a beginning we have seen when he commenced to rely upon AA for the solution of his alcohol problem. By now, though, the chances are that he has become convinced that he has more problems than alcohol and that some of these refuse to be solved by all the sheer personal determination and courage he can muster. They simply will not budge. They make him desperately unhappy and threaten his new found sobriety. Our friend is still victimized by remorse and guilt when he thinks of yesterday. Bitterness still overpowers him when he broods upon those he still envies or hates. His financial insecurity worries him sick and panic takes over when he thinks of all the bridges to safety that alcohol burned behind him. And how shall he ever straight out that awful jam that could cost him the effective affection of his family and separated him from them. His lone courage and unaided will cannot do it. Suddenly, surely he must now depend upon somebody or something else. At first, that somebody is likely to be his closest AA friend, he relies upon the assurance that his many troubles now made more acute because he cannot use alcohol to kill the pain can be solved too. Of course, the power, the sponsor points out that our friend's life is still unmanageable, even though he is sober, and that after all, only a bare start on AA's program has been made. More sobriety brought about by the admission of alcoholism and by attendance of a few meetings is very good indeed, but it is bound to be a far cry from permanent sobriety and a contended useful life. That is just where the remaining steps of the AA program come in. Nothing short of continuous action upon these as a way of life can bring that much desired results. Then it is explained that other steps of the AA program can be practiced with success only when step three is given a determined and persistent trial. This statement may surprise newcomers who have experienced nothing but constant deflation and a growing conviction that humans will is of no valuable whatever. They have become persuaded and rightly so that many problems besides alcohol will not yield to a headlong assault. <clears throat> Power powered by the individual alone. But now it appears that there are certain things which only the individual can do all by himself and in the light of his own circumstances. 
He needs to develop the quality of willingness. When he acquires willingness, he is the only one who can make the decision to extend himself. Trying to do this, this is an act of his own will. All of the 12 steps require sustain and personal exertion to conform to their principles and so to we trust in God's will. It is when we try to make our will conform with God's will, we begin to use it rightly. To all of us, this was a most wonderful revelation. Our whole trouble had been the misuse of our willpower. We had tried to bombard our problems with it instead of attempting to bring it into arrangement with God's intentions for us. To make this increasingly possible is the purpose of AA's 12 steps. And step three opens the door. Once we have come into agreement with these ideas, it is really easy to begin the practice of step three. In all times of emotional disturbance or indecision, we can pass, ask for quiet, and in the stillness simply say, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Thy will, not mine, be done. Step three from the book 12 and 12 of Alcoholics Anonymous. Thank you for listening in.